welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tea. So happy that you are here with me. And today I have an incredible guest. Natalia Itu is here. Hi, Natalia. Hello. Thank you. Thank you, Dominica, for inviting me to your podcast. I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm so excited to talk with you. Tax season is just around the corner. I know that you guys don't want to think about it, but it's true. We're here. We have to pay our taxes. And (laughs) Natalia is going to share with us some incredible tax saving tips and so much more. But let me tell you a little bit more about her. She's a tax strategist and licensed CPA who is very passionate about helping business owners navigate tax and the accounting world in general. And she came to the U.S. in 1998 with only 200 dollars and has built a multi-million dollar business and investment portfolio. I mean, Natalia, we met through Instagram and the uh-huh. moment she messaged me, I, of course, you know, I do diligence, did my research, like got to get her on the show. She's amazing. Thank <laughs> so, you. <laughs> thanks for being here and taking the time with us. So excited. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm looking forward to share my value, add value to entrepreneurs, visionaries. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, Natalia, how did you get into becoming a CPA? Like, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, actually, you know, when people say, oh, you account and you must love numbers. And uh, I usually say, you know, actually, I not really into numbers. I was never really into numbers, <laughs> believe it or not, because in my opinion, accounting is a logic. It's a very logical profession, you know, and it took me a while actually to kind of finally click, you know, the debits and credits. So yeah, it started like in when I was 18 years old and I wanted to become an attorney. And my mom said, you know, we, that was back in Russia. And my mom said, no, we don't have money, unfortunately. So why don't you become a bookkeeper? I said, okay, well, I'll become a bookkeeper. And as I said, it took me a while to learn the debits and credits and how you close, you know, how do you close the accounts, how do journal entries get recorded and stuff like that. And then when we um, came into the United States, my dream was still to become an attorney, but then I learned that you still have to have a bachelor's degree in order to go to law school. And I said, well, perhaps I will, um, you know, I will just continue in uh, my accounting degree since I already learned debits and credits. Now I just need to learn how to speak English. So <laughs> I'll just I'll just continue, you know, learning accounting. And I graduated uh, with accounting degree, a bachelor's degree in accounting in 2004. Wow. And then I said, well, I might as well now sit for a CPA exam. And then, then I passed the CPA exam, uh, you know, a couple of years later. And then I decided to become an attorney. But then at that time, you know, when I was studying for the LSAT law school admission test, I kind of realized that that's probably not the path where I wanted to go. And I decided to just be an accountant. And I think it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. I think really? it's a very empowering uh, profession. You know, it's it's not, it's really, it's it's a great, it's a great profession. It's a great profession for men, for women to be in. Because you just you just know the business, you know finances. It's, you are feel I feel empowered, and I feel like I would love empower my you know visionaries, my business clients. I love that. I love that you call them the visionaries because that's <laughs> true. It's true. You hold the magic keys for mm-hmm. all of us business owners. What you do is vital to helping us, really. So thank you, thank you for what you thank do. You. What stage of business? 
it's appropriate for someone to finally hire a CPA? At what level might a business be at? Is it a income threshold or a revenue threshold? What does that look like in order to engage with your services? I actually think it's a mindset. When we build a business, we should have and in mind, like where do we want to end up when we build a business? And I think this is sometimes handicaps business owners, including myself. I had such a low goal for my business and it took me a while to reach my first million in the business. So I think business owners like visionaries, you know, they need to dream and just dream big, have accountant from the beginning even like before they create a business. Because first of all, you want to make sure you start your business correctly. Like, you know, I met so many business owners and they run their businesses already six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses as a sole proprietor. And in my opinion, this is not the right way to start a business. You know, at least start with an LLC, limited liability company, because that way, you know, you'll have some type of protection. I'm not an attorney, but still to talk about the, you know, legal protection, but, you know, at least you have protection, you have some options later on. I think, you know, you also need to know the compliance, are you paying subcontractors, employees? Mm -hmm. The best way, I think, to start the business, to start working with the CPA, even before you start your business in my opinion. And of course, when you have a business, you really do need to work with a CPA. Yeah. So currently right now you have over a thousand clients. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. You help over a thousand business owners. Yeah. You know, what's empowering. We just, um, in November and December, we did a tax planning and we saved over $447,000 in taxes just through the tax planning. Wow. And that's just for November and December, which in my opinion, tax planning needs to basically needs to be done every month, at least on a quarterly basis. And how many business owners are reactive and they don't do tax plannings, but this is like a mind blowing number because you think, oh, tax planning, usually people like, oh, tax planning, how much am I going to pay? Well, that's not the tax planning you know, to tell me how much am I going to pay? That's not the tax planning. Tax planning is like, how can I pay $50,000 less? (laughs) Please plan it for me and and then help me to implement. That's tax planning. So, yeah. Well, on that theme, right, of talking about saving and tax planning, and from me watching your Instagram account, for those of you who are not familiar with this amazing Colorado business CPA, (laughs) go check out the Instagram account because the tips sitting on that account, they're gold. It's amazing the value that you just gift away to us. It's incredible. But one of the, the videos that I was watching just the other day is you mentioned why a business owner might convert an LLC into an S corp to save Sometimes we're talking like tens of thousands mm-hmm. of dollars a year, right? So, or I guess not a year. Is it a year? Or a is year. It just... and, there, oh, okay, and, every, and every year. Okay, so, so, <laughs> That's so, the best part about the S-Corp. Every year. Every year. How do we do that? Tell me more. <laughs> exactly. This is why I said before you start your company, talk to a CPA, talk to a business attorney, and then the CPA, because again, not every business attorney knows the tax laws. Yeah, just basically, you just need to create an LLC, limited liability company, when you start your business. And then when you, you know, your business makes at least $30,000, $40,000 in net income, gross revenue minus all the deductions, net income, then perhaps it would be a time to start considering converting your LLC 
LLC into an S-Corp, which is for legal purposes, for state purposes, your LLC will always be an LLC. S-Corporation is just it's just how your LLC is going to be taxed. That's just the between you and the IRS. And that's also very confusing sometimes for business owners. That's why I had to mention that. And, and the reason why is because the S-Corporation... Uh, the net income from S corporation is not subject to self-employment tax, 15.3% FICA tax. That's why I think this is a very popular loophole, like a tax loophole. It's a legal loophole. However, IRS says you still, if you're you know working in your S corporation, you are considered employee of your own company, and therefore you have to have a reasonable salary. But what's reasonable salary? Again, it's somewhat a gray area. What's reasonable? So that's the first reason why you want to convert your LLC and run your business as an S corporation for tax savings purposes. The second reason is audit. Uh, Schedule C's, uh, like a sole proprietorship or disregarded entities, you know, the business when you report it on Schedule C um, Mm -hmm. actually has about 10 times more chances to get audited versus if you run your business in S corporation. And that's the the second reason why would you want to you want to run your business in a different type of entity, you know, rather than a Schedule C. Sometimes I convert you know businesses LLCs into an S corporations just because businesses are having losses. Just like one year they have a loss, second year they have a loss. I said, well, just to kind of like minimize the audit risk because you don't need that nuisance, you know, you don't need that wasted energy. Let's just convert your business into an S corp. Or, or if you have a partner, you know, partnership and stuff like that. Those are two main reasons. But I also want to mention, since in the S-corporation, now only your W-2 wages will be subject to self-employment tax. That's what's going to be calculated for your Social Security benefits. And I always recommend, and I would say always recommend to have some type of retirement account to either like have a solo 401k if you have no employees in your company, then have a solo 401k or have a SEP IRA or even contribute to a traditional or Roth IRA. But you have to have some type of retirement account because now you can take those tax savings and shift them and contribute them into your, let's say, 401k, your solo 401k. So you have tax savings, you know, generated through the S-Corp. Now you have your solo 401k contribution, which also creates additional tax savings, but also you're not completely relying on your social security benefits later on because they will be less. But I still think you want to be in charge of your own retirement plan and you want to withdraw the money from your IRA versus social security. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you brought up the retirement aspect of things because I know a lot of business owners that are so focused on just what's right in front of them, just revenue, Mm -hmm. revenue, and they forget, oh yeah, I also have to not only pay myself appropriately, give myself a salary, but then, you know, how are we saving for the future? And this is a great way to do it. I have a SEP and a Roth. Having the solo 401k set up I don't even think about it anymore. It says every year we know that money goes in. I don't think about it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's nice to know that I'm setting myself up for success for down the line. Because like mm-hmm. you said, social security, who knows if that's going to be a thing mm-hmm. who knows by the time we reach that age, you know? Exactly. But, and, you yeah. know, having the savings, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars from converting your business into an S-Corp, well, now take that $10,000 and contribute into into Sapphire or yeah, or solo 401k or even 401k if you have employees or simple IRA. And then it creates, now you have your own the retirement plan. Brilliant. 
Well, let me ask you about the LLLP, the Limited Liability Limited Partnership. Do you set these up often or not really? So I, we really, you know, as accountants, we really don't set up any entities and we shouldn't set up any entities because this is an attorney, business attorneys set up LLCs, unless it's a single member LLC, we can, you know, we can help to go to Colorado Secretary of State and you know, help our clients to file the LLC, but we, it is not, this is not our area of expertise. And especially like when businesses, you know, have a two or more partners, unrelated parties, mm-hmm. um, we always recommend them to go see a business attorneys because business attorneys set up LLCs, limited liability, limited partnerships. Those are attorneys field. You know, they create, and especially when you run your business with a partner, no matter how long you know your partner, how great friends you are or used to be, always have operating agreement. Always have operating agreement. And then have a, you know, make sure you just create those operating agreements with an attorney. And then, of course, you know, the attorneys can also recommend you on the entity selection. So, limited liability limited partnerships in my opinion obviously it says partnerships at the end so that means you have to have a partner it has to be two or more people in a business because it's a partnership and the second obviously option would be you know for the partnerships usually we hold real estate investments or some type of other investments you know usually that's what the partnerships are for therefore you know i would say consult with the tax attorney or business attorney about the entity structure. I hear a lot of folks talking about it and like, it's so easy to set it up. Just talk to your accountant, talk to your CPA. And here you are saying, no, slow down and make sure you actually, from a legal standpoint, you need to talk with an attorney about it. And I love the piece too. This is, this is vital. You guys, what Natalia said is so important about the operating agreement, Mm -hmm. because without that, that, that turns into a whole other different world. Like it's so important that these agreements are put in place. Thank you for for touching exactly. On that. And in fact, I want to add the key key man. Um, you know, life insurances. Life insurance is very very important because we have experienced it. One partner dies, and then the mess is happening. You know, because somebody has to pay somebody out, and they don't want to pay. And then there's going to you know people are hiring attorneys. Versus if both, let's say, business owners had a life insurances on each other, then if something happens, you know, somebody passes away, then the just life insurance basically gets distributed to the, you know, to the spouse and, right. and then the business continues and there's no, you know, you don't need to incur their legal fees. Definitely talk to not only CPA, but also talk to an attorney. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Getting back to more CPA advice here. So let's talk about something I'm really excited about, and that is hiring our children. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm aware of a couple of different tax benefits around hiring our kids, but I'm curious if this is specific by state when it comes to hiring our children. Let me know, what are the tax benefits around this? If you're concerned about the restrictions on if you can hire kids, talk to an employment law attorney. (laughs) But as far as I know, as far as I know, there's no restrictions on hiring, like age restriction or 
you know, school time restriction because like, I think, you know, there's some restrictions uh, for like, you know, kids are 16 and older. But if, when you hire your own children for your own business, I don't think there are any restrictions, any age restrictions or time restrictions. And I think this is absolutely incredible tax deduction. And it's not just inc- incredible tax deduction from the tax saving standpoint, but it's also from, you know, teaching your kids how to work and help you in the business. And they're like, you know, they're teaching them about finances, but going back to the deduction. So the way how, you know, the deduction works is basically you hire your children, ideally, ideally under 18 years old. And this is because this is where the majority of the tax benefits are coming from. Like, let's say, obviously, in the, the next question is like, well, can I hire my three-year-old? Uh, probably not. Reasonably not. Well, I mean, 10, 12, well, what can they do? And basically, you're looking at your child as like, this is the employee of the company. What are the job duties? When did they clock in? When did they clock out? Do you actually pay them? Did you actually pay them? Because, you know, the money, there should be a movement of money, the checks, you know, in the business. So when you hire your children, and let's say you're running your business as an S-corp through your S-corporation, I do not recommend to pay your kids through the S-corporation because you will not harvest the benefits, the full benefits of tax savings. Because no matter how old kids are, if you are paying your children from your S-corporation, they would have to pay self-employment tax, that FICA, Medicare, Social Security tax. But this is what, what some of my clients make mistakes in. So the way how you pay your children is you have S corporation, your company, and then you also open a limited liability company, LLC, single member LLC, go to Colorado Secretary of State, file articles of organization, single member LLC. So that single member LLC is a family owned, it's a family owned company, like management company. That's where your kid's working. You know, this is where that you hire your kids. And then so your S corporation pays management fee to your LLC. And then then you issue checks to your children and make sure like the checks, you know, you do issue checks. So make sure, you know, your kids have bank accounts as well. So your LLC writes checks and then your kids are depositing checks to their bank accounts. If you're paying them, let's say in 2023, if you pay your kids up to $13,850, which is the new standard deduction, kids pay zero tax. There's no FICA, Medicare, Social Security tax. There's no income tax. There's no you know, federal unemployment tax, state unemployment tax, zero taxes. And if you're running a business you from your LLC Schedule C, you even harvest more tax benefits because of this structure. But, you know, if you have an S corporation still do not pay, pay from that separate family owned, you know, family managed LLC. And then, so children can put the money into their accounts. Now, what is, which is created? We created earned income for the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, now kids can contribute money to their Roth IRAs because now they have earned income. Mm-hmm. So that's also a second benefit of, uh, you know, paying your kids. People will also ask, okay, but how do I do that? So you, you're just writing checks. Okay, my kid earned thousand bucks from the LLC, thousand bucks. Here you go, Johnny. Go put the money, deposit the money. Now, when, you know, you need to pay for soccer, you need to pay for swimming lessons and da, 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 da. Just use Johnny's account to pay for it. Let Johnny to be responsible for his own finances, right? 
And also the question is now, okay, well, how do I you know, stay in compliance with the IRS? So what you need to do, you need at the end of the year, you need to fill out the form 944 because quarterly payroll form is 941, but this is 944. And then you issue W-2 forms, which are W-2 forms, you will only have the 13, let's say 13,850 in box one and box 16, the rest are going to be zeros because again, you're not submitting any taxes. So this is how you pay your kids. That's incredible. Think about, you guys, just think about this for a second. If we set that up for our kids now, like now at the age appropriate way of doing it, think about how much money can be put in an IRA for themselves that, right. And you can literally gift that to them, you know, when they turn 18 or when they get married or whatever and say, oh, by the way, here's a million dollars in this account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, if you don't tell them that, yeah, you have a, a rough them. Yeah. But it, it's amazing how we can absolutely plan for our children's future, not just in the day to day, right? But mm-hmm. really thinking far ahead as being a business owner and saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. And the jobs, like in my experience with, with hiring kiddos, what I've seen my clients do, it can be anything from, you know, social media posting. What else? What else? Writing, you know, okay, like yeah, one of my clients in landscaping, he's like, hey, my kid is just painting whatever he's painting. He's just yeah. painting, yeah. painting trees, painting fences, whatever he's helping me. And I'm sure you can get very creative. And again, I think it's just very beneficial for everybody because kind of like everybody's involved and and uh, and then you're just shifting income. And like, I just talked to one potential client and we kind of talked about this. And I think just that strategy alone can save her $6,000 a Amazing. year. Amazing. And then she's like, what about my kid, my sister's kids? <laughs> I said, nope. But you can hire your sister's management company, perhaps, and do the same thing. <laughs> keep it in the family. Try to figure exactly. out how to keep, keep it in the family. family. <laughs> That's great. Well, what would you say is one of the most common mistakes that business owners make when filing their taxes? Like when you are presented, you're like, okay, this is a really common mistake across the board. What do you see? Well, if they prepare their own tax returns, I think that's, you know, people think, especially, you know, like TurboTax, oh, it's easy, you can do it. Yes, you can file your own tax return if you have no investments or if you have no business. But, you you know, if you run your own business, you know, I, I think you do need to work with accountants, your CPA, again, because it's not just reactive like service. Help me just to file my taxes and then I'll see you next January. It has to be a proactive. So the first one is a business owners, most of the time they're so busy running, running, running. And then most of the time it's it's a reactive thing. Oh, just file my taxes. See what else can you help me? Because 2022 is gone gone and done what what can you how can you save me money on taxes in 2022 well uh you know okay well we'll think about something but again the benefits are not going to be as great as you coming now in january in 2023 and you said well please help me to do a tax planning how can i plan my 2023 and here we're talking about i mean the tax savings could be very, very significant. So I think the first one is preparing their own tax returns. And the second uh, mistake is being reactive because I think this tax planning, it's just like any other investment, you know, it requires time and intention. Mm, Time and intention. Very important. Very important word there. I like that. What would you say is like a top tip for ways of avoiding an audit? And does it just fall right in line with what you said? Just not, you know, filing taxes by yourself, just hiring a proper CPA. 
to avoid audit. Of course, avoiding audit, you know, I don't know if we can completely avoid the audit, but we can definitely minimize the audit risk. Again, uh, you know, it's still not as bad. It's totally manageable in terms of the audit. Uh, I have been in the industry for about 17 years and I can literally count on my my 10 fingers like how many audits I have been representing clients. Okay. And then I would say the majority of those audits were actually created by the taxpayers themselves because usually when the client comes in and he's like, oh, I'm getting audited. This is why I'm looking for a CPA to represent me in the audit. So, and it's usually that's what triggers audit is self-prepared tax returns would trigger audits. Also schedule C's, like if you run the business and, you know, utilizing a schedule C and, you know, self-prepared schedule C, you can actually, yes, trigger audit. And it doesn't matter if you're losing money on your schedule C or if you're making a little bit of money because this person I represented several years ago, you know, he was his gross revenue was a hundred thousand dollars and his net income was five thousand. So he's he's positive, his income was positive. But because he had almost ninety-five thousand dollars deductions on Schedule C, he got triggered. What another uh, reason is, you know, having a several Schedule Cs, like you know, mm-hmm. one two max. When I see people having four, five, six, oh, this, I just did this, I just did this. Try to combine those businesses. But, you know, like, for example, if you're Uber driver or DoorDash driver or some, you know, courier driver, well, perhaps maybe you just create one Schedule C and call it transportation services. And then another thing is like when you distribute that income among several Schedule Cs, you make 10000 here, 20000 here, you know, 20000 here. Well, perhaps combine all those Schedule Cs and create one LLC and convert it into an S-Corp because, you know, S-Corporation. So now you have not only you have like, obviously your audit risk is much, much lower, but also, you know, you're saving money on taxes. A schedule C's, if you have lots and lots of rental properties, I would say four and more also could trigger IRS audit. Just make sure you always put the, you know, rental income, make sure you fully disclose the rental income, fair market value. You know, IRS has those numbers. Of course, you know, like Schedule A, meaning those itemized deductions, significant itemized deductions, charitable contributions, significant charitable contributions could trigger audits. Uh, We had a a few paper audits, meaning just the mail audits. They're just like, hey, we we just need approval for this number. And um, yeah, it was one audit, like for example, because, you know, you cannot deduct uh, interest expense for for the loan, more than $750,000. So we just had to show them what the total mortgage interest was. And then, you know, that we did basically applied up to the $750,000. So work with a professional, utilize uh, S corporations, partnerships for your, you know, either businesses with the losses or investment properties. Those are three, three things, but always work with professionals because we work in this Every day we see we see those tax returns every day and we can tell you're you. It. You're in it every exactly. day. Some people say I'm gonna get audited. I'm like, oh, so there's like probably like a million people ahead of you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> and of it. course, don't forget to have a reasonable salary. Always have a W-2 when you run your business as an S corporation, because that's also can trigger audit. And then all your shareholder distributions could be reclassified. Okay. And, so, and that's that's through an S Corp. For an LLC as a uh, what's the word? Not a solopreneur. Single member LLC disregarded entity. Schedule yes, C. Thank, uh-huh. you. thank you. Exactly. I always take a draw 
Uh-huh. Is that the still appropriate way to do it or how, am I doing it wrong? If your business, because LLC, again, the same LLC could be S-Corp. If you right. file a form 2553 and convert your LLC into an S-Corp, then just taking draws is not okay because the net income is not subject to self-employment tax. So that's right. why you need a W-2. But if you have an LLC and you report your LLC activities on Schedule C, and yes. the entire net income is going to be subject to self-employment tax first, and then income tax, of course, later, um, then this is how you pay yourself. You do not run a payroll. You do not issue yourself a W-2, because then that's also incorrect. Got it. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So at least I'm doing that right. <laughs> Got that going for myself. That's good. So I've always heard that we need to keep our tax documents for at least seven years. Does that still apply or do we need to just always keep the tax documents no matter what? Like how long do we keep them on the shelf? Uh, Well, it depends. But uh, seven years, I think it's a very good number because first of all, I always file your taxes, always file your tax returns. Even when you think you don't have to file them, I would still recommend to file them because you set the statute of limitation three years. Also, you know, what are those stimulus checks? Remember, everybody's getting stimulus checks. Well, that's also will trigger the stimulus checks when you receive uh, when you file a tax return. So that, but that's a three years. That's that's the normal statute of limitation, right? But then let's say you get an audited, and let's say they found that twenty five more than twenty five percent of your revenue was underreported, or mm-hmm. expenses were over, like or or you had uh, you know more than twenty five percent overly reported in expenses. That could actually push the statute of limitation to six years, which I haven't seen that. And then if they, you know, if they found there's some fraudulent activities involved, then there is no limit, you know, they can audit you unlimitedly. So. Okay. So on that topic then of fraudulent activity, have you ever seen where the business owner really just didn't understand like how to do the things and didn't even realize that what they were doing was Mm -hmm. fraudulent? Like, is that a common mistake where they're like, this wasn't like malicious or in my mind, fraudulent, right? But it ended up being that way. Do you see that? I saw that. Uh, Yeah. And then when I say like, depending on the degree of how complicated and how serious it could be, um, you know, I might say, I think we should just hire a tax attorney okay. to also represent you in an audit because tax, there is a um, uh, you know, confidential agreement. There is um, a, attorney-client privilege yeah. between, uh, between the uh, client and attorney, but there's no CPA-client privilege like that. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes when I see if the cases are more serious, and again, those clients who would like come from either they prepare their own tax returns or they came from unregulated, you know, tax preparers because, you know, certify, I'm a certified tax preparer. Well, there's no such a thing, by the way. There's no such a thing as certified tax preparer. Who certified you? H&R Block? I mean, they're not really in a position to certify you. Uh, you can either be enrolled agent, enrolled agents are certified by the IRS, yes, or certified public accountants. Certified public accountants are certified by the state. If people say I'm a public accountant or I'm a certified tax preparer, you need to kind of ask more, what does that mean, public accountant? There's a certified public accountant, but public accountant meaning somebody who's not certified, meaning when people are not certified, they they might prepare your tax return, you know, and they might not even sign those returns, even though 
every paid tax preparer must sign a tax return. But I have seen people are not signing their tax returns, even though they were compensated for that. And that's basically, that's what could create the problem. Wow. Taxpayers realize like, oh yes, I have a certified, certified tax preparer, uh, prepare my tax or public accountant or accountant, you know, because you know, people can call themselves accountant or, and then next thing you know, they might get in trouble. Wow. Really great advice. Oh my gosh. It comes down to researching the proper CPA. Certified so, CPA, certified public accountant. Okay. Or enrolled so, agents, enrolled agents also, you know, they certified by the IRS. They have to go through continuing education. Um, and then the, 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 the beauty, the beauty about those two certified people is you can actually file a complaint. So if somebody is making you really, really, really upset, or you know something is wrong, there's somebody who can actually review the case versus versus just somebody who's certified certified by who. Then you know. Wow, I had no idea. You're so knowledgeable. It's incredible how much you know. It is amazing. So you are the Colorado Business CPA. Now, this information that you're providing is federal, right? So it should apply across the United States. You have that right? Yeah, for the IRS, like we have, yeah. when we follow federal tax returns, of course, and the state returns, of course, it's applicable to the state. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So then let me ask you this. What sets apart your business being in the state of Colorado than other CPAs within the Denver area? What really sets your business apart from the rest? One of the major, um, I think one of the major, um, I guess, I don't know, thing we're really proud of is the communication. We do communicate with our clients. We do, our goal is to respond. And that's that's what we strive for, to respond to our clients within 24 hours, which is absolutely amazing. Because like, well, this is the, one of the reasons why we just, you know, we're just growing so rapidly because not only, we communicate with our clients in a timely manner, but we also follow up with potential clients, which is ab- absolutely unheard of. You know, if CPA, if somebody would call the CPA and the CPA would call them back and say, hey, have you made a decision? Would you like to work with us? Absolutely unheard of. So I think communication is very, very important. In fact, we do offer um, one too many Zoom calls every Thursday at five o'clock Mountain Standard Time. And it's that's on our social media or if you have questions, you can call our office. We'll give you the link. Our number is 1-800-5040-CPA. And you can just log into our link. And on Thursday at 5 p.m., I will be on the Zoom and I will answer all your questions. So communication, communication, communication. And also, we are very intentional CPA firm, meaning we really, we growth-oriented company. We invest in coaches. We always looking for better ways to work in our company. And that's what we share this knowledge uh, with our businesses as well. Incredible. It's obvious that you have just a deep passion for what you do. It really shines through and (laughs) you offer such an incredible service. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with the listeners. You're such a wealth of information and you guys, you're not going to believe this, but she has just an incredible gift. So please, will you tell the listeners what you are offering? Well, if you are into learning more about taxes and business, we do offer a free book, which is on our website, coloradobusinesscpa.com. You can download the free book, the book I wrote about four four or five years ago. And also, 
one of our packages, you know, we, we actually offer three types of packages and for small business owners. And that's basically because we believe that business visionaries they just need to have one place to go to a CPA, like a financial advisor, but not the financial, but, but the CPA. And so we offer intentional growth package, which basically consists of compliance services as well as advisory. Compliance is a payroll, accounting, tax planning, income tax preparation, 1099 preparation, you know, form 1099 preparation. And then on top of that, we also offer an advisory services. So we will advise you how to run your business, how to save money on taxes, how to, you know, improve your cash flow, how to improve your sales. Uh, if you want to purchase uh, a building, if you want to hire a team member. So it, those are advisory services. And as the entire package, you know, it's called the intentional growth package. And those packages started thousand dollars a month and we would offer a 20 percent off for the first three months um, they think that would be a good fit for this package you know we would love to be your cpa that's incredible you guys 20 percent off the first three months for you tuesday t listeners seriously that is the ultimate gift give yourself the gift of clean books and a great cpa yeah okay? peace of mind peace of mind in yeah, the the impact we we create for our business owners is it's amazing. I'm, I'm really proud. Of, yes, like I said, we I do love we do love what we do. Definitely, I can tell. you should be proud. What you <laughs> built is just exceptional. It really, really is. Well, be sure to follow Natalia on her Instagram. I know you have a TikTok too. I will put links to everything that we mentioned, to the book and the amazing offer for her services and ways that you can connect with her directly in the show notes. Natalia, thank you so much for being here with us. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up today? I think just be very intentional as a business owner. Please be always intentional about where your cash flow, you know, about your cash flow, where your money go, and we'll work with your CPA more than just once a year to prepare your tax returns. Ask for tax planning sessions because, I mean, we will deliver at least three, four times more value than what our fees are. Just be intentional. And now this is the great time for you to start thinking and implementing new tax strategies for 2023 so you can save you know, several thousand dollars in 2023. Incredible. Thank you so much. And with that, you guys, that is it for this week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. 